0: I'm Dr. David Gratzer and welcome to Quick Takes. On this podcast, we're looking at Ministry of Transportation changes uh, and how that influences clinicians' decisions. I'm joined by Kendra Naidu, Legal Counsel here at CAMH. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you. Kendra, what is... The change.
1: So, previously, physicians were required to report if a patient was suffering from a condition that made it dangerous to drive. In other words, there was a judgment associated with whether the condition was associated with the risk of driving. Now, the mandatory report has been split into two frameworks. There's a mandatory report if one of six enumerated conditions exists. That report is triggered by the existence of the condition uh, and is notwithstanding whether the person is likely to be driving, has a driver's license, or whether there's any danger associated with driving. The second branch of the report is now a permissive report. So even if one of the six conditions doesn't exist, the physician is now permitted to make a report if they believe the person's condition makes it dangerous to drive. The other major change is that the reporting conditions have been expanded to include nurse practitioners and occupational therapists. Nurse practitioners have both the mandatory and the permissive report, and occupational therapists now have a permissive ability to report.
0: So let's talk about mandatory reporting, because I think that'll be the the most concerning to our doctors. Big shift in in what the ministry is, is thinking about. Practically speaking, where do you think more reporting is is likely to occur?
1: Well, uh, certainly in the context of those six conditions, uh, two of them, one is psychiatric illness, uh, which requires a report if the person is suffering from acute psychosis currently, currently suffering from severe abnormalities of perception, or currently has a suicidal plan involving a vehicle or an intent to harm others with a vehicle. Uh, because that is no longer necessarily associated with a risk of driving and it's the mere presence of current acute psychosis that triggers the report, we expect that in uh, psychiatric care settings that will result in an increase in reporting.
0: So, So we're handling psychosis differently. What advice would you give to our clinician colleagues, about psychosis then and and things to think about?
1: Certainly, the definition of what constitutes acute psychosis uh, continues to be an open question, uh, but we'll have to be thinking about when that threshold is met, as well as, importantly, how to discuss this now with patients who may not have been reported earlier, but if they're in an acute stage of their illness, a report will have to be made, and that can be damaging to the therapeutic relationship, potentially very impactful on the patient, and thinking about how to address that with them.
0: So in terms of the six conditions, psychosis, we're thinking about differently now. Tell me about suicidal thoughts.
1: So now if there's a suicidal plan involving a vehicle, that triggers a mandatory report. Um, That likely is not a significant change. I would have thought that under the previous reporting mechanism, uh, if somebody had a suicidal plan involving a vehicle, that may have already triggered the previous report. Um, So uh, likely not as significant a change there, but it is important to be aware that if that suicidal plan does involve a vehicle, that uh, instantly triggers the mandatory report.
0: So, so two changes you've just outlined. One, not so huge, but psychosis is very different.
1: It is very different. It, it used to be, particularly in inpatient settings, if someone came in with an acute illness, Uh, The question of whether to report could be deferred until prior to discharge because by then the person's condition may have settled and their psychosis may not have been as acute. While they're an inpatient, there is typically no risk associated with driving. Because that nexus with risk has been removed from the analysis upon presentation to the emergency department or an inpatient setting, the physician would be required uh, to make that report even if there was going to be a prolonged inpatient stay. Big change. Big change and a, another uh, secondary change that is equally impactful is that it used to be when a report was made, the ministry would investigate and retain discretion but not necessarily revoke the person's license. Now under the new regime, as soon as a report is made, there's an automatic suspension of the person's driving, driver's license and they would have to apply to the ministry to have that license reinstated.
0: So a fundamental change in, in when doctors report fundamental change in how the Ministry interprets and acts on those reports. Substance is also considered differently now.
1: It is, so substance use disorder is one of the six enumerated conditions. Uh, That's defined as an uncontrolled substance use disorder and the person is non-compliant with treatment recommendations. So both of those conditions have to be met.
0: But there's a vagueness about treatment.
1: Absolutely. There's a vagueness about what constitutes an uncontrolled substance use disorder. Does that require full partial remission or does it merely require that the person is controlling their use? And they have to be non-compliant with treatment recommendations But what constitutes a treatment recommendation, and what constitutes non-compliance, is partial compliance sufficient, for example? Those are still open questions.
0: So it sounds like when one speaks about changes around psychosis and suicidal thoughts, that's much clearer uh, under these changes. But when one speaks about substance, it's much more open to interpretation.
1: It is open to interpretation, yes.
0: What advice would you give to doctors wrestling with these issues?
1: Uh, Clinical consultation is always helpful Uh, if physicians aren't uh, certain whether something rises to the level, for example, of an acute psychosis, is this an uncontrolled substance use disorder. uh, Those are areas where consultation with their clinical colleagues uh, may be very helpful. Um, Certainly in the context of substance use disorder, there's an opportunity there for dialogue with the patient um, if when uh, addressing treatment recommendations, informing the patient that if they're non-compliant or if their use is uncontrolled, a report may have to be made. That may be a vehicle to discussing how to encourage the client to be compliant with their treatment recommendations, whatever those are, uh, and and a tool to help um, uh, provide an incentive for patients to comply.
0: Kendra, let's, uh, let's shift gears for a moment and do a rapid fire minute on these changes. One minute on the clock. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Kendra, is this a big change?
1: It's a very significant change.
0: Are we going to see more reporting? Absolutely. What concerns you about these changes?
1: The therapeutic relationship between the physician and the patient because of the increased reporting, as well as the significant impact on our patients where they may otherwise not have been reported.
0: And, And the gray is on substance?
1: The gray is on substance, as well as what constitutes an acute psychosis.
0: And different clinicians could have different interpretations.
1: And we have seen that in practice already.
0: Okay. And you're receiving many questions about this already? Uh,
1: On at least weekly, if not more, basis.
0: Wow. It was not like this before?
1: No, not at all.
0: Okay. Do you think the ministry might revisit or revise?
1: I hope so. Uh, Certainly advocacy efforts are underway, and we hope that those will be successful, but they do take a long time.
0: If you were to talk to the deputy minister tomorrow, what would you say?
1: I would ask them to reconsider the impact this has on physician practice, on patients, as well as on whether people will continue to seek out care if their drivers license may be revoked
0: and at the buzzer one last question are you losing sleep over this
1: uh i am i think we all are
0: quick takes with camage education is a production of the center for addiction and mental health you can find links to the relevant content mentioned in the show a video version of the episode and accessible transcripts of all the episodes we produce online at porticonetwork.ca slash podcasts if you like what we're doing here please subscribe until next time
1: Thank you.